Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. A well-known fitness equipment company just came out with a new heart rate monitor. This one goes on your forearm instead of the traditional way of measuring, which is a chest strap. And there is a lot of PR and many articles that have been written in the last few days about it. Some good, some problematic, and... Yes, I thought it's time to talk about the differences in chest straps, wrist-based heart rate, and now forearm-based heart rate, because they are not all created equal. And one article, gosh, it was so perfect, because it was so perfectly flawed. And it was, and is, from a reputable, super reputable website, company, and I'm going to discuss that because it completely plays into this whole topic. And so what I'm going to do is talk about all the different ways to determine heart rate. I'm going to talk about why it matters at all. You know, what do we use that for? And then I'm going to talk about the differences between two of them, wrist-based and chest straps. And when I talk about wrist-based, 
it also goes to your arm because same technology, essentially different location on your arm. And oftentimes they'll actually call it arm based, <laughs> uh, which I find a little confusing because uh, I would think that's more your forearm and wrist based. So we talk about the differences. There's two ways two different technologies that they utilize to do that. Totally different. And what is the outcome? I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> All right. And then I'm going to talk about what you can do. And one study, just one, but a really good one and a recent one. The validity of wrist-worn activity trackers for estimating VO2 max and energy expenditure. That's the name of it. International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health, 2019. I'm going to look at that. And it's just one, but it's a really good one, as I said, small, but it will tell us what we need to know and give you the information you need to know to achieve your goals. And that's what it all comes down to. You can't get bad information. That's what this whole show is about. That's what my whole career is about, is bringing you the best information so you can achieve your goals. When you are working with bad information, that's a problem. It's analogous to trying to go somewhere, trying to travel to a destination with bad directions. Some of those directions are way off. Some are a little bit off, but all will prevent you from getting to where you need to go. Some will take a lot longer. Some will get you into accidents, (laughs) but you know what I'm talking about. And so you can't have that. You can't be working with bad information. But again, I will finish up towards the end, but talking about why it matters. What does it matter if it's accurate? What's the difference? How is that going to affect you in your pursuit of looking better, feeling better, living longer, losing weight, being healthier, all of those things. All right, quick break. We come back and jump right into it. Our wrist and forearm heart rate monitors accurate. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. 
Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. So let's talk about heart rate. It is a metric that has been measured forever. It is one of the more popular metrics that we track. Okay. And there are numerous ways to do it. When I first started as a trainer and was studying for all those different certifications, one of the simplest ways to track heart rate that they taught you at the start was manually. (laughs) You can already hear, see the problems there, right? So what would you do? You would take your fingers, put them either on your wrist or on your neck, manual touch. And then what would you do? You would count the number of beats In 15 seconds, multiply by four, 30 seconds, multiply by two, 60 seconds, multiply by nothing. (laughs) That's your heart rate, right? So you can see the obvious problems. First, you got to find it. Secondly, if you press too hard, you're going to influence the number in a, you know, problematic way. And the obvious thing is you can't really do it when you're running or, you know, on a bike or, (laughs) you know, moving. And at one of the clubs I worked at many, many years ago, skewed a lot higher, a lot of CEOs, politicians, famous people, but an older demographic. Actually, this was the gym where it's the only gym I ever worked at. And I worked at so many over the years where they offered you a shirt and shorts and sneakers, socks, everything. You didn't need anything. And everyone had maroon shorts and gray T-shirts and white sneakers and socks And that's all I'm going to say about that. And anyone who was in New York City decades ago probably knows the gym I'm talking about. But anyway, there would be people who would get off their, you know, exercise stationary bike. They'd get off after walking, generally low level cardiovascular exercise, and they would put their fingers to their neck and count. Okay, that's one way. Has its 
extreme limitations for the vast majority of people, but that's one, one of the most basic ways. Then the integrated heart rate monitor, that's the monitors, the hand grips oftentimes in cardiovascular equipment, you know, on your treadmill, those two sensors, generally steel in color, right? Silver. And you put your hands on them or it's in your elliptical uh, handles somewhere on your cardiovascular equipment. That's another way to do it. Those are much more accurate than by doing it yourself. But obviously the limitations there are as you're moving, especially running on a treadmill super fast, not really safe to hold on or do you want to? Uh, and it's not continuous. N neither of these two ways are continuous. Obviously, you're testing at a moment in time. Okay, so that's that's problematic for most people. Then, yes, the chest strap's been around forever, forever, and for good reason. Yes, it's super accurate. What's the problem? Well, several, many people find it uncomfortable. They don't like it. Period, end of story, full stop. <laughs> when you read the literature on it and these articles that I read recently, oftentimes they're like, well, you have to wet it down. That, you lick your fingers, <laughs> you, you rub the inside of the monitor, you put it on. That's not a huge problem for me personally, but okay, I get it. And by the way, don't buy. They actually saw this a while back. I haven't seen it in a while, but it was a solution you could use to spray on your heart rate monitor. You would pay money to do that instead of wetting your fingers with your own saliva or water, whatever you wanted. You don't need that. There's nothing. I don't even, it's probably saline solution. Okay, so don't have to do that. Uh, another problem, and I find this, uh, it can slip. You kind of have to find that perfect tightness. And this was a question that came to me recently. Uh, how do you keep your heart rate monitor from slipping? The short answer is you find the perfect tightness. And it's different for everybody, right? We all have different body types and different levels of comfort. And they do talk about the placing of the heart rate chest strap uh, as one of the problems, I, I don't agree. You know, you find it, it either turns on or off, right? You either see the numbers or you don't. So that's not really, uh, in my opinion, one of the, the major problems, right? Uh, you wet it, you put it on, you wet it, and you, you forget it. <laughs> but yeah, it's uncomfortable for most, okay? And that's why they've come out with these three new ones over the last couple of years, or they've become popular over the last couple of years. You've got your wrist-based, so that's your smartwatch, rather, and that's grabbing your heart rate, and there's bands that just do it as well. Super popular one that I have tried out. Um, super popular. That's all, all the metrics it's taking is from heart rate, and it's wrist-based. Uh, a lot more comfortable. What's the limitation? Going to give, give the uh, secret away here? Way less accurate for many people, and I'll tell you why shortly. Uh, and then instead of your wrist, you can also now do it on your forearm. I remember first getting one of these, uh, and by the way, I get to try out everything. I, my gym and house and office filled with all the latest technology, shirts and shorts and every single way to measure heart rate and all the different metrics, movement, accelerometers. So lots of experience here in, in using it as well. And the forearm one, I remember going, where does this go? <laughs> and I was trying to put it on my wrist. And then I was trying to put it on my bicep. And you could put it so many different places, by the way. There's forearm. Uh, listen, there's clothing now. I don't want to get too deep into that. But let's keep it at on your wrist and on your forearm because that's the specific one I referenced at the beginning of the podcast. That's one that's coming out right now. It's going to be super popular. Uh, and that company, if I didn't say it already, is getting rid of the chest strap, which surprised me a little bit. But more people want to use something other than the chest strap. I get it. And finally, there are 
other ways as well. As I said, clothing and rings and many different things. But these are the five most commonly found right now. And they're different. They are different. And let's talk about the difference between risk-based. And again, uh, within that, we're going to include ARM as well because it uses the same technology. And chest straps. Uh, let's start with the chest strap. I was going to start with the wrist, but I'm going to back up here. Uh, so chest straps, again, they've been around forever. And they, I don't want to get too deep into the science, just enough that you, you see the difference. Uh, they read electrical signals, small electrical signals that your body produces, creates when your heart works, when your heart's beating, right? It's reading that. And it's the electrical signals. That's what's most important, right? Uh, it's worn close to your heart. You know, you're wearing it on your chest, obviously. And it's measuring that activity somewhat directly, okay? And again, electrical currents. That's what we're talking about here, all right? Wrist-based, different, different. And if you flip over, like I have a watch I'm wearing right now that I will talk about again, my experience of one with it and heart rate, there's lights. You see, when you turn on the wrist-based heart rate, you will see green lights, a collection of green lights that pulse, okay? So that's how it's working. It's optical technology to read your heart rate. These are optical sensors that are calculating your heart rate by literally shining light into your skin, okay? And it's measuring blood flow. Now, as I said earlier, chest straps are often criticized for being difficult to position. I think that's a comfort thing more than an accuracy thing. But wrist-based fitness trackers also, and arm-based, uh, rely on proper positioning. I'll get back to that shortly. But finally, again, just to go a little deeper, it's flashing those green LED lights hundreds of times per second. And your red blood absorbs the green light, and the device can detect the blood flow, the amount of blood flowing when the LEDs flash. Okay, so we're talking electrical currents and we're talking light and shining light into your body to simplify it. Yeah, to, to simplify it. <laughs> Leave it at that. So the problems are numerous with the wrist-based, okay? They include, I'm going to give you four, okay? Darker skin tones, problems, and tied into that, people with tattoos right at the site where you're shining the light, the LED lights. If you have tattoos there, problem. They have found problems with people who are overweight. That is obviously a huge problem because a lot of people who are using these are using them to lose weight. So obesity is a, is a factor. And then the fit. And I found this to be more problematic with the wrist-based product. And again, if you've listened to my podcast, I avoid you know, talking about specifics and you can reach out to me. Oftentimes people do when they want to know that I will answer that in direct messages and things like that, but it doesn't matter. But yes, this really popular wrist-based one that I used, tried out several times, it was problematic for me to find the right fit. And I had to wear it super tight to get the readings. And even then they weren't accurate for me. Okay. So the color of your skin, how much you weigh, how you put it on, and tattoos are an issue, and that's what the research often looks at too, okay? One final time, so they're green LED lights and a photodiode sensor 
that are looking into your skin, detecting the changes in your capillaries, blood vessels, and back to the tattoos. Obviously, that can be impacted and the light and the infrared absorption is is problematic. I'll leave it at that. Okay, so two different ways. You go, okay, who cares? <laughs> who cares, Tom? What does it matter? You know, do I have to be really accurate? How does that affect my goals? Quick break. Get to that. But first, I'm going to give you the study. Validity of risk-worn activity trackers for estimating VO2 max and energy expenditure. All right? Quick break. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. And we are back talking about heart rate, talking about 
tracking it? How do we do it? Why do we do it? Is it accurate? What's the difference? Why do we care? And let's go to the study. I love this. this, this whole show, every show, but there's so much going on here. Again, this is International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health 2019. I'm going to read you the abstract and the conclusion. All right. The abstract is as follows. Activity trackers are a simple and mostly low-priced method. That's debatable, right? Uh, to capture physiological parameters. Despite the high number of wrist-worn devices, there is a lack of scientific validation. The purpose of this study was to assess whether the activity trackers represent a valid alternative to gold standard methods in terms of estimating energy expenditure, that's calories burned, people, and maximum oxygen uptake. So that's for you triathletes, runners, uh, rowers competitively who are testing those things and want to know your VO2 max. The higher your VO2 max, uh, generally speaking, the better athlete you can potentially be. 24 healthy subjects participated in this study. In total, five commercially available wrist-worn devices were tested with regard to their validity of energy expenditure and or VO2 max. Uh, estimated values were compared with indirect calorimetry, okay? They're testing. I'm not going to give you the names of the uh, products. Does not matter. Not here to bash anyone. And when I get to that article, I'm not here to bash that author either. It is such a great learning lesson. The abstract goes on. Validity of the activity trackers was determined by numerous tests. Not going to outline those for you. Doesn't matter. Bunch of good ones. Some of the findings. One of the um, trackers, the watches, uh, wrist-worn watches, significantly underestimates VO2 max. Another one significantly overestimates energy expenditure. The tested devices did not show valid results concerning the estimation of VO2 max and energy expenditure. Hence, the current wrist-worn activity trackers are most likely not accurate enough to be used for either purposes in sports uh, nor healthcare applications. And some of you are going, okay, I don't care. <laughs> not doing it for sports. I'm not doing it for healthcare applications. Totally get it. Let me just finish up the conclusion here. Just reiterates, but in another way. Uh, however, many consumers are not aware of the fact that wearable devices sometimes make inadequate and inaccurate predictions regarding the measurement accuracy. I love the term sometimes, right? It depends. And finally, the tested trackers could not show valid results. Hence, it is concluded that current commercially available activity trackers are most likely not accurate enough to use in those purposes I just outlined. Manufacturers need to provide more information about the accuracy of their devices, as well as to improve the performances of them to make them eligible for use. Okay, they repeated some sentence, but some new stuff in there as well, right? That's what you need to know. You know, you got to have the good information. And that comes down to the why. The why, right? Why does it matter? Well, for the vast majority of you people who are trying to lose weight, some more, some less, we need to be at a healthy weight. It generally overestimates, these things overestimate the number of calories burned. And that has been my experience of one. Let me get to that right now. Okay, so my experiment of one myself being, and I've talked about this before, when I try to use my watch, my wrist-based, and that many other products I have tried, but I have one on now, my watch, that I use for everything other than wrist-based heart rate. Because I have seen, I have the strap, 
When I go out for a run at a comfortable pace, I know what my heart rate is. When I go by the wrist, it is 20 to 30 beats higher. And the harder I go, the more inaccurate it is. And I hit numbers that I never hit with the chest strap. It is not accurate for me. Now, what's interesting is I don't really fit into any of those categories uh, with the darker skin tones. I don't have tattoos. I am not obese. And I have it tight. So all four of those criteria that are problematic don't even apply to me. So, so why is it? And yes, I'm an experiment of one. And I have seen it across multiple devices. The harder I exercise, the one as soon as I get out of my comfort or comfortable zone, just a little bit outside, you know, pace-wise and intensity-wise, it is super high. Now, that is estimating many things. Calories burned. That is the most important for many of you. And this is the whole thing. If you are getting off an, a piece of exercise equipment and it has overly estimated your heart rate, your heart rate has been higher than it really was, it's going to tell you burn more calories than you did. And you're going to do what? So many people, compensatory eat. I burned 500 calories. Well, probably not. And in my experience, in my experience, in my experience, I've never seen it underestimate. Not for myself or anyone I have worked with. And that's my experience. It's generally over. Totally high. So it's going to tell you, you burn more calories than you did. And that's a problem. Secondly, if you are a competitive athlete and you are using zones to train with, it's a huge problem. It's going to screw up your VO2 max if you're using that metric. It's going to put you in zones that you're not really in. It's going to screw up with your pace, everything. So competitive athletes, the whole point is to have accurate numbers when you're exercising. And that's important. If you have heart issues where... You know, you need to absolutely be in certain zones. It's problematic. If you're on medications, which often goes hand in hand and can affect your heart rate. I have something here. I don't want to. There are new metrics. Let's put it that way without being too specific that some companies are using where they give you a certain score. Leave it at that. If you're in certain zones, well, you're really not in those zones necessarily if you're using wrist and arm based heart rate technology. Is that everyone? No. Is that everyone? No. But let me wrap this up with that article, that specific article. Really well-known, really well-respected magazine. Technology. And the author was testing this product that I started the show by talking about. Arm-based heart rate monitor. Brand new. Super popular company. And the author wore, and I love this, the author wore a chest strap. And the author wore one on the arm, forearm, and one on the wrist. And what they found was not totally accurate, but within three to five beats, which is pretty good still. There's some athletes who, you know, dial in that, that tightly, but for the vast majority of people, you go, that's, that's close enough. And this author's takeaway and what you saw in so many headlines for this product was it's accurate. It's accurate. Now, I said I'm an experiment of one. Wrist-based doesn't work for me. Okay? But what's problematic about the way this author looked at it? Well, for those of you who are want to, you know, geek out a little bit 
with science and research and studies, we're talking about two things here, reliability and validity. Okay, these are concepts used to do what? To evaluate the quality of research. Many other ways as well, but these are two we're talking about here. They indicate how well a, a method, a technique, or a test measures something. Love this stuff. Reliability is about the consistency of a measure. Validity is talking about the accuracy. And so this person who wore three different monitors in three different places, it was uh, reliable. You can consistently get the wrong reading. (laughs) And a reliable measurement is not always valid. The results might be reproducible, but they're not necessarily correct. Okay? And a valid measurement, what is that? It's generally going to be reliable, right? Because if a test produces results that are accurate, they should be reproducible. So back to what the limitations were and are with testing with arms and lights and LED lights and things like that, this person probably didn't have tattoos, probably didn't have dark skin tones, probably put it on correctly. Not sure about weight, but you understand my point. Just because it worked for that person doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. That's a perfect example of misinformation. If you really want to get down to it, you can't say it's accurate the way the author said it was, because that's going to lead everyone to believe who don't understand the difference, reliability, validity, that that number is gospel, that it's truly measuring what it means to measure for them. It worked for this person, but it might not work for them. It doesn't work for me. So you can't tell me it's accurate, and it won't be for many people, okay? And if you care, if you care about how many calories you burn, as many people do, if you care about the zones you're in, then it matters. And, and listen, we want, we want it to, to matter. We want it to be right. Now, nothing is perfect. So what can you do? What's the takeaway? Very simple. You can test it yourself. See if you're like the author and it it does work for you. See if you're like me and it doesn't work for you. And I've said this in the past, by the way, and it's going to really depress many people. I know every time I say it, it does. But whatever the the calories burned number you see is cut it in half. It's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit you. If you think you're burned or you're told you're burned by your uh, machine or monitor 500 calories and you assume 250, that's going to help with your weight loss. Okay? I'll leave it at that. Makes sense, right? But test it yourself. If you have a piece of cardio equipment at home that has integrated heart rate monitors, put both on at the same time. Or just look at the average. I don't wear the, I, I don't do it at the same time generally. I just know my numbers. And you know your numbers if you care about these numbers. And so if during your normal, you know, walking pace, you know what your heart rate is, and then you wear the uh, armband or during your cycling your class that you take at home, whatever it is, and you know your numbers and suddenly those numbers are different and way off, then you know it doesn't work for you. So when I go out for a run, I have to turn off the wrist-based heart rate. I have it on all the other time because I want to know, like my resting heart rate, I want that metric when I sleep, but when I exercise, I go to the chest strap. So there you have it. There's solutions. 
They're different for everybody. It depends. But the author of that article didn't say it depends. They said it's accurate. No, it's accurate for them. Okay? So test it on your own. Know your numbers. We are all experiments of one. But at the end of the day, what matters most? It's frequency, people. It's great to use the metrics. It's motivating. Many people use it, as I said, for competitive reasons as well. But what I care most is how frequently I move and exercise, how much variation I have within that. And then I'm going to be doing all of those things for a lifetime. All right, so there you have it. One study, one experiment of one with me, one article, one person, but you have the information you need to know now that it depends. I have a great story I'm going to do in a fit tip. I was going to do it here. I'm going to save it about how potentially saved a client's life using their heart rate data. Really cool. So there's, you know, so many things we can do with this data and these numbers, but we want to use it correctly and know that what it's testing for, it actually is showing. Just because something reproduces the same number doesn't mean that number's correct. I'll leave you with this. If you had a scale (laughs) for your weight that wasn't accurate, but you had three different scales, they all said the same thing, but it was overweighing you by 20 pounds or underweighing you, whichever way you want to look at it, would you say that's accurate? No. And would that make you happy? No. So let's get the numbers we need to get and let's use them in the way we need to use them. For many of you, the final takeaway is this. Go really hard during your short intervals if you're doing those. Go really easy during your 80% base building cardiovascular exercise. And someone just reached out through social media and told me how much they benefited from that. It's one of the hardest things to do. I tend to use heart rate monitors to make sure I'm staying in the lower zones. But we want to spend as little time as possible. For the most part, there's still benefit, but in that gray zone I've talked about in the past. Not really hard, not really easy. Sure, there's benefit, but over time, your easy days should be easy. Your hard days should be harder. Your easy days should be longer. Your harder days should be shorter and mix those in. If you need more ideas on what to do, we're talking hills, we're talking intervals, we're talking all that stuff. Look back, bunch of shows on that, and I will do many more. So there you have it. Let's be accurate. Let's be valid. Reliability, not as important. Validity. All right? All right. If you want to reach out, questions, comments, Tom H. Fit, Instagram and Twitter, Tom H. Fit, direct message me. And uh, I will reply and use your questions also in listener mailbag shows. And by the way, I realize I've said that in the past and I don't use names. (laughs) So please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, I will never, uh, you know, you are anonymous. um, Unless you don't want to be, let me know. Uh, But of course, uh, you are anonymous. Uh, And thank you for reaching out. Love to hear from you. Success stories as well. Starting to hear more and more of those as we get into more and more shows. My goal is so simple, to bring you the best information so you can achieve your goals, stop wasting time, stop getting injured, stop getting disappointed and depressed, all of those things that comes from you putting in the effort 
but not achieving what you want because you have bad information, bad programs, bad people, bad products. Not here. <laughs> right? All right, enough. Uh, thank you for listening. Remember, there are three things we all control, how much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our attitudes. And that is awesome. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.